0: Press on. Victory. Are we there? Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. You know that the household of Stephanas were the first converts in Arceus and they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. I urge you, brothers, to submit to such as these and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanas, Fortunatus, and Achaicus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refresh my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. Verse 18 again. For they refresh my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. Amen.
1: The sermon I'm going to give you is on the sermon I prepared. It's one of the rare times when after you've prepared a sermon, you are told that is not what you are going to preach. And you are given something else. And you have to walk in obedience. This morning, we're going to try to answer some questions. Questions that are easier to identify in the lives of other people. But in finding the answers to what is happening in their lives, we may hopefully find the answer to what is happening in our own lives. Why do people abuse their office? And I'm not just talking about politicians. Pastors have abused their office. Even in home, spouses have abused their office. Why do people do that? Why do teachers abuse their office? Why do managers abuse their office? Why do MDs of banks collapse their banks? Why do people betray trust? At the corporate level, at the national level, even at the personal level. Relationship. Why do people betray trust? Those are the questions we are going to answer. And in finding the answers to it, hopefully you may understand, if not yourself, somebody you have very close dealings with. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 17, Samuel has a very unpleasant task. He has to go to Cain Saul and tell him that God has rejected him for dishonoring him. This is after God had asked him to go to destroy the Amalekites. And he had almost done it. And church, let's be careful of almost obedience. Almost. You know, if you're a Ghanaian, we think it is okay. Oh, it's almost. A party is in power and you criticize them. Oh, but they also, you know, when you compare us with them, no, that's almost. Saul almost obeyed God. He didn't quite do it. Spared the king and then spared the sheep and the cattle that were that, were, uh, that looked good. So, God sends Samuel. God tells Samuel, I've rejected him. And Samuel goes to Saul. And this is what someone says. Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. Underline the words, small in your own eyes. And church, this morning, I want to tell you the reason why people mess up especially people in high positions, is because they are small in their own eyes. They think of themselves as small in their own eyes. Oh, you and I will see them as honorable. You and I will see them as exalted. You and I will see them as successful. But they see themselves small in their own eyes. At the end of the day, it is not how people see us that motivates our behavior. Our behavior is determined and dictated by how we see ourselves. So, the whole world can be celebrating you, but you, if you see yourself small, you would act small and can do things that will shock everybody. I'll never forget, one of the young people um, we, in the place I I used to work at, and there was a company we shared an office with, and there was a young man there who carried himself with such distinction that we all respected him. One Monday, we come to work and there's sad news. The boy has killed himself. Why? He left a note. Nobody regards him as anything. Nobody values him. And we all go, what? That boy? And each of us was now recounting how we respected him and how we regarded him because he carried himself well. It didn't matter how we saw him. What mattered is how he saw himself. And many of us see ourselves small in our eyes. In Saul's case, because he saw himself small in his own eyes, he confused his title with his personality. Oh, and we see it a lot. The guy becomes minister and he thinks he he's was born minister. No, that is something, a position that you occupy. It's a title. It's a title we can take from you anytime. Don't confuse it with who you are. But they get their personality messed up with it. Why? Because they see themselves as too small in their eyes. So now that position, now makes them feel, uh uh-huh, now, uh uh uh-huh. 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 And so, we look for things to now show the world that we have arrived. Because in our mind, we never arrived. But we know, there are things we can do that will let everybody see we have arrived. So, the car, car, expensive car, you know. So when I, when he parks the car, everybody is looking at it, and he's going, "Yeah, yeah, car media," because he sees himself small in his own eyes. Have you seen somebody who has never, whose family there's no car, who has bought a car, the first person to buy a car in his house? Try to cross him in traffic, and you hear what he will tell you. Why he sees himself so small in his eyes? In Saul's case, it made him lie. When he was confronted. And sometimes, big men lie and we we are aghast. What? I didn't expect him to lie. No, you didn't expect a man of that caliber. But he doesn't see himself in that caliber. He still sees himself small. That's why he lied. That's why he lied. You and I see himself. Now, it is interesting that the way people see themselves often doesn't even have anything to do with reality. But they will see themselves small. In the case of Saul, we meet Saul for the first time in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. This is what the Bible says. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing. A man of standing. In other words, this Benjamin we are going to talk about is not a cheap man. A man of standing. Whose name was Kish. And then goes on, son of so and so, so, son of so and so. Verse two: Kish had a son named Saul. So, what is the family background of, of Saul? His father was somebody, has something. His father was not like my father; he has something. But as if that is not enough, the Bible says he as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. In other words, he was no one's inferior, physically, in appearance, in personality. He was no one's inferior. And if that is not enough, he was also a head taller than anyone else. This is the one who looks small in his own eyes. It is human nature. It's human nature. How we come by it, I don't know. Sometimes, maybe the home we are raising. Sometimes, comparison with our siblings. Sometimes, teachers in school. Sometimes, the reality of life itself. Sometimes, relationships that go wrong, that suddenly makes you feel, you know, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Whatever it is, it is a reality many of us struggle with. I read a book, that said, by a very successful man. And he was talking about himself. And then he said, he woke up every day. This is a very successful man. He woke up every day wondering whether today is the day they are going to discover that I'm an imposter. Whether today is the day they are going to discover that I don't deserve to be where I am. Whether today is the day they are going to discover that I don't deserve the kind of respect they give me. He wakes up every day with it. And then he said, it got so bad that as he met other successful people, he began to ask, this is what I feel. And they all said, oh, I also feel the same. I wake up every day and I wonder, would they discover that I am not as good as they think I am? Small in his own eyes. Small in your own eyes. It makes us do crazy things. Let me give you two examples. If you've ever gone to a buffet before, or gone to a party that has a buffet, at a party, you see people you respect, big men, and you are happy, oh yeah, this is a party to be. Look at all the big people. Then it is time to go to the table. And one of the people you respect Important in society, wealthy goes to the table and he lows the plate. He lost the plate so much that you who know him and respect him, you now hide, you hide your face because you are so embarrassed for him. Have you had this experience before? And he's not he's not hiding, you no. Know. He's holding the, the plate, and with all pride he's walking, yeah. And you are you are confused. Ah, this man, he can afford to buy the whole banquet. Why is he scrambling? Because you see him as important. He sees himself as the boy who used to play gata gata. He sees himself as the boy who his classmates used to laugh at. Do you understand? He sees himself as a young man who no girl wanted until he made money. It is still there. So you see the important man. He doesn't see that. He sees himself small. And so he acts small. The ladies here will testify to this. To this. But ladies, haven't you had this experience of a man you held in awe you had so much respect for that you had so much confidence in that you let your guard down in his presence because you thought that who he is and me dear no there's no way he should desire me sexually and then the man hits on you how does it feel don't you get devastated because Suddenly, you now have to deal with, ah, he, me. Why do you think he has done that? Because you saw him as important. You saw him as a man of honor. In his eyes, he saw himself as a man, small in his own eyes, and he's acting like that. People who see themselves small in their own eyes abuse office. They abuse honor. They betray trust. That is what Saul did when God sent him to carry out a mission with the Amalekites. And so, he thought he deserved the spoils of war. It is my position. I deserve it. The more I have the more maybe that voice that says I'm nothing would be silenced. And it didn't matter how he got it. Haven't you had a situation, haven't you had this experience where somebody is caught in a scandal of either corruption or taking a kickback or grabbing a contract he doesn't need to grab. And you go and you are confused. Ah, but he's rich. He's rich. Why would he... Well, you, saw, you see him as rich. In his mind, he still sees himself as small in his own eyes. I've been applying it for big men and big people. But it goes to every level. To every level. When somebody using a private car decides to fight with a taxi driver in traffic, Who has crossed him? You know what is happening? He doesn't realize how big a man he is. He has become as small as the taxi driver. He's fighting. He's become a commercial driver in his mind. I am not disrespecting commercial drivers, but I'm saying that in terms of standing in society, you know a a taxi driver is hot. Allow him to be hot. You should smile and say, go, go. You should smile. But no, a man in suits gets down and he's screaming in set obscenity and exchanging words. I remember one, one very important man, very, very, very important man, big man in Ghana. And um, as a taxi driver crossed him and he was so mad. He jumped out of his car and said, look, don't let this suit fool you. Don't let this fool you. I am a fisherman from Winneba. If you do, I will show you what the fisherman star. Small in his own eyes. Small in his own eyes. Nowhere is this true, truer than in love relationships. Have you loved somebody? Who is small in his own eyes? Go and read Proverbs. Proverbs says there are certain things the earth cannot stand. And one of them is a woman who is small in his own eyes, in her own eyes. It calls it a woman who doesn't love herself. An unloved woman who gets married. I had a relationship with a young lady, beautiful girl. I loved her with my whole life. But every day, there was a fight. Every day. There was so much stress in the relationship. So much stress that the first week we went without a fight, I said, let's celebrate it. Let's have a party. Because we have made it for one week without a fight. And you know, young men, you know, the, the girl who gives you a holler and you don't understand where it's coming from. You know, everything you say is twisted. Meanings are read into it. And you are confused and you are frustrated. Oh, you are looking nice. Young gentleman, is it not a good thing to say? Oh, you are looking nice today. That also becomes a fight. Eh, so, so I was not looking good yesterday. So I was not looking good yesterday. And you didn't say, you kept it for me. So I wasn't looking, oh, no. Um, you, you call her. Why have you called at this time? Why have you called at this time? Oh, era. so when should I have called? Um, she calls you. The line is engaged. She calls you again. Why was your line engaged? Who were you with on that line? How come, how come I tried, I tried five times? All the five times. Who were you talking to that you spoke for that long? Who? Stressful. You go to a meeting and somebody is talking to you. And if you make the mistake of staying more than five minutes, by the time you come, she's gone. And that is cold war for two days. Tell me, I don't mean anything to you. You met the people you like, so you spend time with them. Oh, I realize that the ladies are laughing freely to this. The gentleman, I can see from your cheeks you want to laugh. But some of you who are sitting in very uncomfortable places, <laughs> you know that you'll be asked some questions along the way. Why did you laugh when Uncle said that? <laughs> are you saying that... Anyway. The relationship fizzled out. It didn't work. I went my way, she went her way. And then we meet years later. Years later. And we meet... And we're getting on so well. We're meeting often because of business. And there wasn't any tension. So at one, one day I asked, Ah, you. Now there's no tension between us. So you are not as difficult a person as I thought you were. So how come we, we have so many troubles when we're relating? And she said, I didn't believe that a man like you would love somebody like me. I didn't believe it. So, whenever you talked about love, it irritated me. You were trying to, you were trying to fool me. You are trying to throw dust in my eyes. That's why I gave you that. small. When you look, you see yourself small in your eyes. The man of the house who goes to bed with a maid servant, he sees himself small in his own eyes. Otherwise, he will know that no matter how much desire I have to to gratify this, I am better than this. And I won't do it. I am better than this. I won't do it. But he is small in his own eyes. So in the case of Saul, it leads to a rejection of God. Why does God reject him? Because Saul had forgotten that it was God who brought me here. And I don't need to be afraid. All I have to do is to honor him. And it is because he saw himself small in his eyes that he targeted David. And he went against David. And was determined to destroy David. Because people who see themselves small in their own eyes always feel threatened by the success of another person. You come into the choir and they give you the, the chance to do a solo. And then somebody's angry. We've been here. We were here before. He came. They've allowed him to sing. Why? Small in your eyes. Small in your eyes. But there's another man who also felt small in his eyes. And I'm talking about David. But David's story was different. Because although he saw himself small in his eyes, and he reminded himself, he would always say, I knew where God took me from. He took me up from looking after the sheep. He knew that when his wife, Mikhail, was offended by the way he danced before the the, the act he could tell hey, brah, chill me, I know where God took me from and I know it's God who brought me here and gave me your father's throne so, before that God I don't care how I look I don't care how I humiliate myself before that God he knew and he never forgot that except on a few occasions When David decided not to go to war and was taking a stroll on his rooftop and saw a woman taking her bath, he forgot. He went back to seeing himself small in his own eyes. He became an ordinary man with an erection that needed to be pacified. And did not remember that I am no longer an ordinary man. God has put me in a position of trust. This woman I am seeing deserves my protection. Not me to ravish. He didn't remember that. And it had to take Nathan to go to him. And this is what God said when Nathan confronted him. He said, this is what the Lord the God of Israel says, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. This is God saying. Then it goes on to say, Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil? In his eyes, when you see yourself small, you do evil in the eyes of God. So, it is okay to feel small in your eyes. Except that, remember the God who has picked you from nothing and has brought you this far, and remember that that God is able to sustain you and able to do more. So, you haven't seen all that God will do. Just continue trusting him. The problem is that we see ourselves small in our eyes. God has lifted us up. Today, I am somewhere. Suddenly, I forget the God who brought me here. And I want to protect myself. I want to secure myself. I want to deal with my enemies. Forgetting that I don't have any enemies. So, the one who targets me has targeted God. Because it is God who brought me here. Unless you think I'm talking about just politicians and things like that. It happens in churches. The pastors who are old here know something. I'm not going to remind them. Off air, uh, I'll, I'll call their mind to it. But we've had some very strange... Anyway. But let me go to another church. Because I'm here. I'm um, married in the Methodist church. You know, normally you have to marry from the woman's church. Before you can pull her um, from there, I married in the Methodist Church. The society that my wife worshipped at was not, was not empowered to conduct weddings. Do you understand me? They, they could not, they didn't have the register. So we had to, the wedding had to be done in the district um, um, society, the, the bigger one, which was at a um, um, Abu Sokai, St. Luke's Methodist Church. I'm deliberately not telling you where it was. The first one, where my, my wife's society was. We were required to go for rehearsals on Wednesday. We went for the rehearsals, and everything looked cool. It was fine. Then, on Friday, Friday evening, um, the boys and girls in You for Christ where I was a leader, decided they were going to decorate the church for the next day. They get there, they are arranging the place, and the pastor sees there and says, what are you doing? He says, well, we are decorating, we are cleaning the place for the wedding for tomorrow. And he says, there will be no wedding. Oh, no, the wedding coming on here. So No, 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 I've canceled it. There's no wedding. So they rush home and tell Florence. Florence was living at Mamprobi. Um, this was Friday evening. You Remember, I married in 83. This was a time. So, on Friday, I decided to pass through the house to check whether everything is okay. I get in just about, about 6 o'clock. And the whole house is mourning. is crying. So, I was alarmed from the gate because I thought, has something happened to Florence? I said, where is Florence? She's inside. I rushed in. And there she was. Sitting and crying with her whole family around her. Asked, "What's going on?" He said, "Well, Reverend So and So says he has cancelled the wedding. What? Why?" So he hasn't given any reasons. Meanwhile, by this time, the ta- um, curfew time was approaching. They were getting more worried about me because I lived at um, a brand new town. I was at, I'd gone to see her at Mamprobeen. She lived on the border of Mamprobi and Choco. So whenever I'm angry with her, I tell her, I married you from Choco, which she doesn't like. Because no, I was in Mamprobi. I said, no, no, no. There was only a street that divided you and Choco. So you were Choco. So I said to her, because curfew was coming, I couldn't go to see this Reverend Minister. And so I said, Florence, stop crying. You know, tomorrow, dress up. Dress, put on your wedding gown. I would also put on the suit. We we'll would go and stand at the gate of the church. And as people come, we will tell them, we trusted God to give us a wedding. And he filled us, so go home. I told her, friends, we are doing this for God, though. It's not for us. Because we know of young people like you and I who are living together. They are living in sin and they are fine with it. We decided to take this to God, to his temple, before his people, to honor him. And if you will not honor the honor we are giving him, then we would announce it. So I left. KFU was lifted at 6 a.m. At quarter to 7, Florence shows up in my house. said, what are you doing here? He said, well... I woke up this morning when I was having my quiet time. The Spirit of God said, I should go and see the, the senior minister, the superintendent minister of the major place. His name is Reverend Osain Ado. I should go and see Reverend Osain Ado. He goes and he said, when I got to his gate, he was standing at the balcony of his house and he saw me at the gate and shouted, I fro? what are you doing here? What are you doing so early out of the house? And said, I broke down and told him our story, how somebody has canceled our wedding. And he said, Reverend Osanardo said, you know, just yesterday I was operated upon. And the only reason why the doctor discharged me was because I gave him my word that when I come home, I will do total rest, bed rest. But, don't worry, you go back. I would officiate your wedding, and if I die at the altar, let it be. So, so be it. So that's why she's come to the house to tell me that Reverend Osayado has decided to do the wedding. You know why the first Reverend Minister canceled the wedding? Apparently, it was his custom that after the rehearsals, you must come and see him and drop an envelope. Why? Are you disgusted? Does it surprise you? Why does it surprise you? Yes, a pastor. Reverend minister. We don't do that. Auntie. Auntie. I won't go there. <laughs> he saw himself small in his own eyes and therefore the envelope we were going to give him was more important than the honor of officiating the wedding. It was more important. That is what happens when you see yourself small in your own eyes. You disgrace yourself and you disgrace the God who has called you. Because you do not realize that the God who has brought me here will not let me be disgraced. He will not let me down. Let there be moose. It will not strive. Because no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. That is my heritage. That is what he has promised. The God who says, don't worry about walking through the fire. Don't worry about walking through um, water. Because you'll be fine. I've got your back. That's what happens. When you remember, yes, I am small in my eyes. But it doesn't matter. Small though I am, he called me. He lifted me. He chose me. Full stop. The rest he would do. He is able to keep that which I've committed into his hands. He's able to sustain me. He gives me the feet of the deer so I can stand in the high places. He teaches my hand to do battle so I can pull the bow of bronze. It is not about me. It's about the God who out of his own mercy picked me and raised me and brought me here. Believer, can you believe this? that he brought you here, not because you deserve it all. We may never deserve it. But his faithfulness is forevermore. And wherever he's put you, be confident there because he will not let you down. He says, do not be afraid of humiliation because you will never be disgraced. I've taken hold of your right hand and said to you, do not be afraid, I will help you. Can you trust him? And said, that though I am small in my own eyes, oh, the God who has taken hold of me, he is awesome. And he will use me for awesome things. That is my message for you. But that also means that the days of false modesty are over. The days when, you know, when somebody says, oh, me, I can't do it, oh, me, I can't do it. He is small in his own eyes and has forgotten the God whose grace is upon him. And that is why Paul can say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Why? It's not about me. It's about the God who called me. Who am I? Oh, but I serve a God. His grace is upon me. He says, if I lack wisdom, I should ask him and he will give generously. And he will. He's got my back. I'm here to say God has got your back. Don't be afraid. Don't fight small battles. Don't fight for yourself. He will fight for you. He says, I'll contend against those who contend against you and fight against those who fight against you. Why are you fighting your own battles? Why are you scheming? Why are you scheming? There are bosses who forget that God placed me here and they have spies in the company. And they're asking, what are they saying about me? What are they saying about me? What are they saying about me? There are churches where there are spies who go to the big one and interpret a sermon to them, to him. You know, one. There are churches that I know where the junior pastor will never be allowed to preach because he got a chance to preach once and every church member said, oh, he's what an anointing upon him, let him preach more often. And the man said, over my dead body, I won't let him preach again. Are there, are there here, former Hosea members? Okay. Again, I'm going to show you how to deal with being small in your eyes. Hosea was led for many years. The music director was a man who was a pastor here, Reverend Steve Williams. Steve Williams had an assistant called Samuel Atiomo. Whenever Samuel Atomo had to lead the devotions before rehearsals, people came early. When Steve Williams had to lead, attendance was not that, that, that good. They would come for rehearsals. But they know there's the first 15 minutes or so is for devotion. He will lead it. We'll go for the rehearsals. So they are late. And he said at a certain point, it was getting to him. But this is a man who knew who God had made him. And one day in his devotion, he said, God said, do not touch that boy. I raised him to make your ministry easier and to grow. I have anointed him for the purpose of assisting you. Don't target him. And Reverend Steve Williams says, from that day on, he did not handle devotion anymore. He gave it to Reverend Atilman. This is when you know, I may be small in my own right, but God has my back. I don't need to feel threatened by anybody. And anybody God brings in to make his own contribution, oh, he's welcome. It is about our father. Do you understand? It is about our father. This is about his business. Not about mine. It is about his business. Anyone who will promote that business and the kingdom, he is welcome. Let him bring his contribution on board. And I will not feel threatened by that. May we go away reminding ourselves how small we are, but... How my God has loved us and has shown us mercy and picked us from wherever we are and made us very different from where we are. So we don't have to go back to where we used to be. May we go away confident in this God to whom we have committed our lives and our future and know that we will never be disgraced. Our children will never go astray because they are the children of the righteous. They never lack anything, and they never go astray. May we go away confident in this God that he will come through for us every time, every day. And for the past this year, I pray that God will continue to be good to you. That whilst God reminds you of how small you are when he picked you, you would also remember yourself that this big God called me to himself. He chose me from among the lot and he's made me the shepherd of his people. And he will continue to empower me to serve him. And may he continue to show his favor upon you all the time. And may the ministry of Calvary Baptist prosper. May it prosper. I went to Shiasi, you guys are putting up something wonderful there. Let's finish it. Let's finish it. It will be it will be wonderful. Let's finish it. But don't let it be finished and you go there. Yes orini, send out here M N T E B. Don't be one of those people. Let's make it work, and may God bless every one of you. Once again, thank you for having me back.